Bonjour. I'm Quebec singer Ian Sebastian, and you're listening to Mondo PQ. C'est l'heure de Mondo PQ, l'envers du rétro québécois sur les ondes de CIBL, le 101,5 Montréal. Mon nom est Sébastien Desrosiers et cette semaine, j'ai le bonheur de vous présenter la conclusion de notre entretien avec le chanteur montréalais Ian Sebastian. Ensemble, nous revenons sur sa carrière un peu moins connue des années 70 en explorant ses 45 tours de 72 à 75 et en revisitant sa participation à la mythique comédie musicale Hair. Bonne écoute! Remember what was the, the reaction of the public or the press at the time when the album came out? The, it was, it uh, was, uh, you know, it was not a, a, a smash. I didn't have, uh, you know, you, normally you like to, the, the methodology was you would release a single, a couple of singles, 
and then follow it up with the with the album to help sell the album. And we and didn't get to the quite, we didn't get the re- total response. Maybe it was because of the I don't know if it was the because of the uh, fact that there was uh, the variation in style, and maybe people were saying, "Well, what is this guy? Is he mm-hmm. a, is he a ballad singer? Is he a psychedelic guy? Is he a rock and roll or what?" So. Maybe the I was a little bit too schizophrenic for the for the for the time. I don't know. Either I was way maybe I was be, way behind in the times or or ahead of my time, but I wasn't in lockstep with with the times itself. So we, we it it got a little it got some play and uh, and since um, I've subsequently found out that it's uh, it's. It's, it has its own life. Yeah, say. it's been bootlegged and reissued as a bootleg a few years ago on Acme in the UK. And uh, did you know that your album, the original copies, sell for about $200 and $300 these days? I know I know a few people who are listening to this right now who are probably going to say, they're probably going to be looking to put them up on eBay or something <laughs> to start to sell them because uh, I'm thrilled to hear that. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It was all about the performance. It's all about getting getting out there and getting known. And if uh, you know, it, at this point, um, I'm not looking at a you know as a materialistically at it. Mm-hmm. I'm but uh, but uh, it's it's a real thrill to to know that. And I'm I'm more uh, delighted that uh, that that happened that it, it got, got re- that it got uh, a new life. Yeah, it's not forgotten. It's been reissued and replayed <laughs> by. Many, many collectors around the world uh, since. Did you have time to sing uh, some of these songs on TV or perform these uh, on a scene somewhere with a band? Or? No, not really. It came. I really didn't go out and market, uh, follow it up with a tour, any kind of tour or anything at that point. So, okay. unfortunately. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Those 245s on Apex were issued at uh, the end of 68, start of 69, something like that? You would know better than me. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my guess is 69, okay. which is basically uh, just a few months before you joined the musical Hair. That's Let's right. talk about this. Uh, they had audition uh, they for the musical Hair in Montreal because... It was such a huge success in Montreal. Uh, not Montreal, but in New York. It was created by a Montrealer, Galt right. McDermott. Right. Uh, so they had auditions during the summer of 1970. And I recall it's your brother who recommended that you go to the, these auditions. That's correct. We w- I, had, uh, I wasn't really aware of it. I was you know, focused on my music and the show. And, I, and, I, and my older brother said to me, uh, you know... Uh, There's uh, this, he was aware of the show more, you know, knew more of it than I did, and he said to me, "They're, you know, doing that." And I had I had done a, a little bit of uh, acting before, but nothing, uh, nothing on of a professional nature. I had done a couple of uh, Gilbert and Sullivan productions, you know. He said, "Well, you got really nothing to lose. So go and try it." So I went, uh, found out where the auditions were being held in the time, and I went down to the uh, and was um, it was a, some sort of an auditorium. And there were many, many people there, and then uh, and they they asked us to come prepared with uh, you know a song to do and music, bring your sheet music and a song. And there was a piano player uh, who for the show that was Leon Aronson was the p- oh. piano player at the time, uh, super talented guy and really very nice. And uh, so I remember coming in there, and then my, when my name was called, I went up and I gave him my sheet music and I sang "Bridge Over Troubled Waters." And um, uh, something very magical happened. I mean, I 
I'm, I was used to performing. I was used to singing, really to belting out a song. And that uh, that's what I just, what I did. I just went for it. And uh, when the song ended, everybody was applauding. Oh. The audience, everybody there. So <laughs> it was, uh, so now it was like, right away I was like, oh, wow, no, this is something. And then, so I, after that, I went up to the, it was, there was a the choreographer and the director. And I said, well, I have the part. I have the, I'm in, mm-hmm. and they they said, "Well, we can't really say yet because we have to have the producer ping. We have to have a meeting." But uh, you know what? But uh, we want you to come back again. I'm so, oh, okay. I'm you know I'm kind of busy guy, but uh, you know I'll make some time. <laughs> and I went back again the second time. I, again, I sang that song and I sang one song from the show. And again, the, I got a, a really, really, really warm response from everybody who was there. And uh, at that point, they basically said to me, uh, we can't tell you what the role you got, but mm-hmm. uh, but you're in. Oh, you're going to be in. Great news. So I was the first person to really to know that. And then I went back. The next time I went back, they they just basically, all the people were there, and they, they just called out the following people, please come up to the stage. And uh, I was one of them. When there was about 20, 30 people on the stage, and the rest of the people were in the audience, and they said, Mesdames et Messieurs, ladies and gentlemen, a cast of Montreal cast of hair. Wow. And, uh, and basically, they told me at that point that they originally they were casting me for the role of Claude mm-hmm. because vocally, Claude's part was more uh, melodic, but. Due to the physicality of the role of Berger, he swings from a rope and a crowd over the audience, and he's running around. It's uh, much more physical. Afterwards, they decided, wait a minute, we're going to, you know, we have a few people other can sing as well, but we think uh, we're going to use you for Berger. Wow. The lead role. Well, they were both lead roles, but Berger was, the Berger is really the... As one of the other cast members said to me, he says, you carry the show on your shoulders. It's, mm-hmm. it's Berger who's the, the driving force. Claude is very passive. He's singing, where will I go? And he's, he's you know, in his role. And he's, uh, he's undecided about whether he should uh, join, you know, the, join army. the army. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I, re- I didn't care, although I, I liked singing the role of Claude. And um, in fact, I did get a few opportunities to. We switched roles a couple of times just for fun. Uh, once we were more comfortable with the show, and I was, uh, off, I had the opportunity to to do hair, uh, the lead in uh, New York and Boston, and uh, subsequently I went on to uh, an, another pr- full production of the show. When the, we changed uh, after the show ended in Montreal, I had an opportunity to go to Europe to do hair in Europe. You went to Belgium. That's right. It mm-hmm. was in Brussels. I, I received. I had received a call. I was sitting in my apartment in the, on down on Saint Urbain. This gentleman said, "My my name is Bertrand Castelli. I am the executive uh, producer of All of Hair, and uh, we are in need uh, the burger <laughs> in uh, to to this what we have. We've been casting, and they didn't find anybody who had the. Uh, the I don't know what." what particular part of it they couldn't find somebody over there but because i was able to do this the show bilingually they said uh, we know you can do the show and they offered me the part uh, over the phone and a car and a brand new car too and a brand new car there was uh, it was really a, a really amazing uh, experience being there in um, in brussels uh, it's a fantastic city the show was given uh, in a promotion some kind of promotion they were given two ford mustangs wow they gave one to the director 
and one they gave to me. <laughs> so uh, we would, uh, when the show went dark, uh, you know, uh, we had like about two days off usually. So one weekend we'd go to Paris, and the next weekend we would go to Amsterdam, and uh, it was a big fun. What a trill. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a, the, it was, those were prob, you know, I hate to say they were the best years, but from a career standpoint and uh, in just enjoyment, they were fantastic years too. that's not very well known about hair uh, when it was played in Montreal they had two versions they had one version in French and one in English but you were part of both versions I was uh, lucky chanceux <laughs> that uh, I, I could uh, do the role in English and in French I was the only uh, performer to keep the same part in both shows so when it was English I, I had people who were playing opposite me were the English leads And when we the show switched over to the French nights, I had different. I had French leads opposite me. The the role of Claude was played by François Guy of yes. the Sinners fame. So he didn't play the part in English. No. Okay. No. So you were the only one. That's right. Wow. Great story. The musical was 
such a success for uh, La Comédie Canadienne. It was played at La Comédie Canadienne, right next door to uh, CIBL. Exactly. And uh, it was in September and October 1970. And they sold like tens of thousands of tickets. Why did they stop? Well, unfortunately, you know, it, uh, the Quebec is, uh, there's, there was a little bit of uh, volatility, shall we say, mm. and the, the uh, two solitudes, uh, you know, the situation, uh, and what they say, plus que ça change, plus que reste le même. It's oui, uh, basically, voilà. the, so, I mean, we still have that here. I mean, it's still a, a little bit contentious from time to time, but... Uh, Politically, the, there was a move, there was the movement, the separatist movement, and there was uh, it. Things got a little bit uh, crazy, a little out of hand, and then very tragically, uh, the, a minister, government minister Pierre Laporte, was murdered, and it threw the Montreal and Quebec into a you know political convulsion. We had uh, martial law declared. The young kids today would probably be surprised to know that. We had military in the patrolling in the streets of Montreal. So Soldiers you, with guns yeah, in the streets. Yeah, uh, right outside of the theater. They were standing out there with some uh, with machine guns, mm -hmm. uh, armed. You know, we, had, we were selling, we were sold out, you know, sold out, sold out some most of the time. And then we were probably booked uh, about two months in advance. So those, the sh even when that happened, we had people coming out, although several, I'm sure there were a few people who didn't uh, decided to, maybe wouldn't, was, they didn't want to go out. But the future, it just killed the future ticket sales. And um, the show, uh, you know, it's a, it's a shame to put on a mount of production uh, of that quality. And mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, uh, it uh, Put an end, quick end. Uh, the ticket sales dropped, and they, they had to close the show. The show was canceled in October or November 1970, something like that. Uh, probably, I'm not. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not certain of the dates. It was not a happy. That was not a happy moment for us. Uh, that's too bad because it was such a success. It it was, and uh, it was a great group of people coming together to uh, to work together. And you know, as you know, you've mentioned Francois Guigé, Boivin, these some some very very talented people. Mm -hmm. Uh, English and French brought us all together, and we, you know, we were exemplary of uh, of uh, what it what Quebec what it should be. You know, uh, um, you know, a mélange, uh, a blend of the English and the French together, happy, joyful, peaceful, cooperating together and having a and for the greater good. So we were the antithesis to what was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, on this on that by the vol of violence on the street and. Uh, yeah. The French version of Hair that was played in Paris with uh, Julien Clerc was recorded, but uh, not the Montreal version, as I recalled. No, we we never really got the chance. They had talked about it, and uh, and uh, we were they were thinking of doing it. And it could have, I think, it would have been again a very unique cast recording. I think the discussion I had heard at the time would have been a, it would have been again a bilingual kind of a project. There would be maybe one or two songs from the English, a couple of songs from the French mixed together. You yeah. know, to, so it would have been a very very uh, and different. Obviously the Quebecois French and, and French in France uh, you know they're, they're, that's that's also another yeah. separation. It would have been uh, it would have been wonderful to have done that but uh, again it was this was very sudden this uh, mm -hmm. this political action. You mentioned you've worked with um, lots of colleagues uh, in here. There were lots of people involved, especially people from the musical scene in Quebec. So let me just name a few of those people you've worked with at Hair. Let's talk about François Guy. 
who ah. played the role of Claude. Uh, he was uh, uh, brusque. Ah. Was, uh, he could be. He, he was a little bit rough on the uh, on the edges. He was, you know, I respected him. He was a successful guy in the music in his musical field, and he, I think he was more in favor of the uh, maybe of a separation of Quebec. And he certainly made that known. But we worked cooperatively together uh, on that. We were on the stage many nights to, to, together ensemble. And what about Jay Boivet? Jay was a sweet guy, a very nice guy. He was. Uh, Jay was very easygoing. Very passive, nice guy. Uh, he was a he was a pleasure to work with him. I liked I liked Jay a lot. Have you met uh, at the time Erika Pomerance? Uh, I had never met Erika until we did the show, so I, I didn't uh, you know I didn't have a lot of it, uh, er, any previous interaction with her, and I didn't know her of her by reputation beforehand. But uh, very talented girl and uh, and uh, a very strong contribution to the to the tribe. La tribu. La tribu. La voilà. Tribu. <laughs> Do you recall um, Robert Ellis from the Medium? He was part of a band, a Montreal band called the Medium. I, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know of his group. You know, Montreal was pretty diverse. You know, there were we were very zoned and local. Like I was, you know, like I said, West End, the city. So groups that were out maybe far further east or um, Pointe aux Trembles, or they were, yeah, you know, they were centered in, you know, in out, out Laval uh, or down in Saint Hubert. I didn't, I didn't follow them. I didn't really know them that. Well, so it was uh, another city, another scene. So. It was another world, as <laughs> another you, know, world. From, you know. Until you know, unless they they broke through, really on the mar- well mm-hmm. on the market. Uh, I didn't. I I didn't know him. A, a, a very. Ge- I remember him as a gentleman. He was a very nice guy. I liked him. I remember uh, seeing Carl Miller, who were, will be part of the Villemar Blues Band, a very famous group in, in the seventies. Do you recall Carl? I Miller? do. I do. He was. I liked also a very nice guy. Very talented. Pretty a good singer as well as a great sax player. Oh. He could. He, he, yeah. He he was very very. He was talented and. Uh, And we we spent we we spent uh, more than a little bit of time together. We uh, I I really like Carlisle. Hmm. He was a nice kid. You're still in touch with Kenny Hamilton. I am. Yeah, I am. he so. played in uh, Denis Lepage's band, uh, The Persuaders. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. He was uh, Kenny's been uh, a, a, a landmark in a lot of groups in Montreal over the years. He was uh, uh, tremendous talent, very soulful. Uh, he played uh, HUD, the character HUD, in the show. Right. Just a great guy. We we've remained contact friends uh, over the years, and uh, I just, in fact, uh, on this trip into Montreal this time, I we got together and uh, <laughs> we reminisced a little bit about the, the good old days. Uh, one last name, Richard Grew, who was a member of Les Saxons, a band from the time. Hmm. Yep. Do you know Richard? Richard, I do, I do, and again, it's you know uh, this. Uh, it's amazing. There's uh, this thing called Facebook, <laughs> and uh, you know I through I don't know exactly how it came about, but all of a sudden, but we're Facebook friends now. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're in touch, and and uh, I remember him, uh, him and the the group, and. Uh, Uh, from what I understand, he, he went on and he's had a, a pretty good career. All right. I've read that following Hair, you were offered a role in a cinema production. That's true. Oh. Um, it was at about the same time that I got offered the role in Europe. They were producing a movie called, uh, I think it was called Fortune in Men's Eyes. And it was a, a prison movie. I was being considered for one of the roles. I, before that came through... 
the offer to go to Europe for to do hair came through. And I was obviously I was very comfortable with the role and the opportunity to go to Europe uh, for a year or more was uh, too tempting to, re- to so I passed on the movie and I went to Europe. Oh, good decision, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I hope I think it was the right decision, but you know. I don't recall that movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not even sure it exactly. even, even came out. Yeah, <laughs> may, maybe not. <laughs> Montreal and came back from uh, Europe, I moved down to New Orleans, Nouvelle Orleans, and I was there for three years, and uh, I I was very much influenced by the southern rock music and uh, Allen Brothers, uh, groups of that nature at the time, and Mm -hmm. Leonard Skinner, and, uh, you know, I was sort of um, morphing in different ways and uh, recorded down there. In fact, I was uh, privileged to uh, work for the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival for oh. for three years. When I uh, moved down to the United States, moved down there, I got sponsored for my green card, uh, the mm-hmm. famous green card. Uh, the jazz festival sponsored me uh, because of um, uh, my bilingualism. Uh, I was able to, and uh, and I worked a lot uh, with them in 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 actually in engineering live. Uh, during the jazz festival, performing at the jazz festival, doing A and R with the working with the, some of the other artists because there was a lot of uh, 
Cajun artists. I was able to uh, somewhat translate. So they, the graciously, the the festival uh, sponsored me, and I was able to get a what they call a, a C preference. They there's like a, from A to J, and okay. A being like a rocket scientist, doctor, <laughs> you know, new, you know, great uh, heart, cardio yeah. cardiovascular surgeon, <laughs> and J being you know farm worker. Okay. So I was C, which was considered uh, distinguished in the arts and sciences. Mm. So I was very, very fortunate, and it enabled me to move down, move to the down to the, and start to work, build, try to build a career down in the United States. And that's when you quit Quebec, and you, you made other recordings in the I, States. Yes, I did a few Or, in down Quebec there. too. Well, yes, in Quebec as well. I did uh, after again after uh, I came back. I I hooked up with uh, some of the. People in uh, the if you, the the songs uh, Money Money and uh, uh, Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody is a is a uh, it's kind of a spoof on uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's I sort see. Of a, it, the, it, the lyric of it goes: Mr. Peabody, local grocer, Sunday and occasional holiday, part-time marching band. So that was the. <laughs> When you you hear it, it's kind of uh, it's very whimsical kind of wow. thing. Wow! Yeah, and it was issued in 1972 or 71. Blues uh, Okay, ah, I've never heard this one. No. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, produced by Ben K. Yep. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the of the Les Classes. Of course. <laughs>
around 1975, you were still recording. Yeah. You have a 45 on the Polydor from the 1975 called Give Me Some Time, which is your song, and yes. Way Up High. About Give Me these. Some Time as uh, a really up-tempo, uh, great close harmonies. Uh, I, you know, I, I love the Hollies. Oh, I loved I loved the the harmonies of the Hollies, uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash. It was uh, so I got to do uh, like three par harmony with myself, you know, in the step. <laughs> one of the things you can do in the studio. Yeah, that one had a, a, a good beat and uh, really liked. I really liked that was one of the to me one of the better songs that I did. Way up high, a uh, uh, spiritual ballad. But also, if you liked passages, I think you'd like Way Up High. Oh. It's very. It's a. Uh, It's uh, melodious. It's got a uh, beautiful pedal steel guitar. Mm. It's uh, it's got a little sort of a. I want to say I'm not really a country artist, but it had a, like that country rock feel to it. Okay, a lot of pe beautiful pedal steel. Your last recordings were done in 1976 on the Wham Records, W A M Records label. We recorded it here, um, and again with the goal of uh, releasing in the United States.
Way Up High and Give Me Some Time that right. was issued on Wham Records but uh, mostly Coochie 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 which Coochie was, was uh, your was last 45 yeah it was a cute song it's got a, like a, a reggae kind of beat to it it was a song I wrote about uh, this uh, performer her name was Charo she was uh, married to Xavier Cugat she was mm. she's a talent I think she's still around she's a very talented flamenco Spanish guitar player really good she studied with like I think with um, Segovia or somebody she's really really talented but part of her persona on all her shows was like shaking and you know saying coochie coochie so <laughs> I, I heard that I thought it was cute so I, I wrote the song called coochie coochie about her Subsequently, I, I got, by pure coincidence, I was able to meet with her down in Florida at the Fountain Blue Hotel, and we met uh, before her show, and and she really liked the song, and we had expected, I thought, that was going to really be a, a, really a, a big launch for me, and uh, unfortunately, the pictures that we took uh, when we sent them to the record company mysteriously disappeared uh, too very bad. quickly. I was really uh, <laughs> upset. <laughs> put it mildly <laughs> to put it mildly that they did that but uh, so you know I guess maybe I guess look it was maybe it was just wasn't meant to be but I I'd, I really had high hopes that uh, that would have launched the song I think it's a it's a pretty good song too <laughs>
since 1976. You're still working in the music business. Well, I, I touch on the music business uh, now. Not not so much anymore. I, I did, uh, like I said, I, I went down to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I, I was working full-time as a musician down there, for, as I said, for the festival. And also... Uh, New Orleans is a fantastic city to play. There's uh, afternoon, I play afternoon gigs uh, just solo in, in some of the bars and restaurants uh, with bands and things at night. So I played with a lot of different bands. I, I didn't, uh, uh, other than at the jazz festival, I didn't front any bands in particular at that point. I be became more, uh, you know, ensemble with uh, the other other uh, very, very great musicians. I played with some very good people. You're still playing today. Well, I still play a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> you know, my... I guess my vocation right now, I'd have to say I'm more involved in real estate than in, okay. uh, than in um, the music. But uh, the the Internet holds great promise. It was through the the Internet that, that I, I even found out that uh, that you had done sort of this uh, wonderful gift. You gave me this wonderful gift. A friend of mine l let me know that, uh, sent me a link to your blog site, and it was like, uh, wow. I was like, am I dead? Because this, <laughs> this sounds like my obituary. But uh, it was uh, I, really, Sebastian was fantastic. So uh, appreciated. And you, it, you've, uh, you know, it, it shed a light uh, on, you know, my modest career and and enabled a, uh, other people who, who know me now who never mm -hmm. knew about this side of my life to all of a sudden they say, wow, you are... Uh, Rock and roller, you know, <laughs> so, so I thank you for that. Thank you, Mr. Sebastian, for stopping by Montreal and visiting us uh, in the studio. Thank um, you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs>
Sometimes.